This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Jackson follows out after a big hit, and the scoop for the Huskers. Lamar Jackson bringing the heat. Against the four-man pressure, intercepted. Picked off at the 30-yard line. It's Eric Lee and the comeback for the pick six. Had some trouble initially, and now he's got some blockers. Across midfield, down the near sideline, he goes. Spielman takes it, and a special team score for Nebraska. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show. Justin here along with the Cousins, Derek and Tyler. The Huskers prevailed in their season opener with a 35-21 win over South Alabama. It was definitely not the game we had envisioned last week on the podcast for sure, guys. So let's talk about this game in terms of offense, defense, and special teams. So we're going to start with you, Derek. On offense, what are your thoughts? You know, it's so hard to say anything. I want to blame so much on the coaching staff because I thought they called kind of a crappy game. Uh, Adrian Martinez clearly didn't look good. Uh, we only threw the ball three times in the second half. We didn't have the ball more than like not less than nine minutes in the whole second half. Uh, a lot of that had to do with some of the defensive touchdowns, a special teams touchdown. But the, the offense clearly didn't move the ball in the second half. Uh, I, it was not what I expected. I it was disappointing, guys. Like it was it was a disappointing to watch this offense and. I have no I have all faith in the world that Scott Frost will fix it, but it was disappointing. Tyler, what are your overall thoughts on the offense in this game? Well, I'm with Derek. It was definitely disappointing. And honestly, it started up front for me. You know, I think uh, a lot's been made about Cam Jurgens and his struggles at snapping the ball. You know, Hale Varsity had a really great article. I highly recommend you guys reading it, where they clocked only fifty six percent of his snaps as being accurate. And how that affected our team. You know, I clocked it at 52%, so maybe I'm a little bit more critical of his snaps. But, I mean, he was not snapping well. But besides that, I I could give him a little bit for first game jitters. I can do a little bit of that. But guys like Bo Wilson, a guy you really depend on, didn't play well. Farniak did not play well. Hymas didn't play well. I mean, 
I, I overall up front, he got beat up by South Alabama. And, and Derek, you talked about Adrian Martinez not playing well. This may have been his worst game as a starter. I mean, he had his second worst QBR, his third worst completion percentage, his second fewest passing yards, and his second fewest rushing yards. The only game he had fewer rushing yards was against uh, Bethune Cookman because I think he only had one or two registered carries. Like it, it was, it was brutal how he played, um, and, and that's just a stat line. I mean, you could talk about the horrible interception. You could talk about the first quarter, the pass he made that should have been an interception. You could talk about the miss on third down to Wandell Robinson when you're inside the goal line that led to the field goal miss. I mean, Adrian Martinez just played a bad game. Derek. Well, I think you could chalk a lot of the offensive line and a lot of a lot of these other factors into why Adrian Martinez had such a bad game. When you're jumping up to catch a ball, you're not reading the defense because you're looking at the ball trying to catch it. So there's that. There was that problem too. But my my question is, and I don't know if this is Adrian Martinez or the coaching staff. I, I put it more on a coaching staff than I do Adrian Martinez. It seemed like we tried really, really, really hard to put uh, Wandell Robinson in this game. I mean, we, we did everything we could to try and get him the ball. You know, Jack Stoll was having a phenomenal game. And he had three catches, and all of a sudden he just disappeared. Like, we could have thrown him the ball. Yeah. J.D. Spielman only got thrown at three times. He caught two of them. The one he didn't catch was way over his head and went out of bounds. Uh, kind of I know I got thrown two three times. One of them got called for a pass interference. The other two really weren't catchable balls. Uh, Rondell, w- Wondell Robinson was targeted seven times. Like It was clear we were trying to go to this guy and give him a name in game one. And I'm hoping that in next game and against Colorado that we can really spread it out a little bit better than what we did. So talking about the offensive line, you're talking about the center snaps. Do, do, you, do you blame the coaching staff for leaving – uh, Cameron Jurgens in too long. Do you think he played way too long, or is playing the entire first half okay? I mean, with with what we saw out of them, what happened there, Derek? Well, that was their plan. They they said that numerous times. They when before he even came in, they said they were going to have Cam Jurgens on a pitch count. Uh, but but did they of keep the injury. him in too long? Uh, no, they actually wanted to bring him in, in the third quarter, but since the Offense didn't come onto the field till six minutes and forty-seven seconds left in the third quarter. They ended up pulling him because they wanted to leave him in for one more drive. Uh, I, I think the experience is good for him, and I think that's how he's going to learn. It's it's one thing to sit here and snap the ball a thousand times in practice, but until you get the game time experiences, and honestly, guys, this is the team we wanted to get those experience that experience out to. Like this is a team that we st- I mean we still beat them by two touchdowns. It wasn't pretty. But hopefully you got some of the snags out of the way. And I'm hoping one of those snags is Cam Jurgens' snaps. Tyler, do you agree? Yeah, I think it's kind of tough to tell. But what I will tell you is our offense didn't click any better once he came out. I mean, our offense, you could talk about we didn't have the ball that long. And you're right, we didn't. Because we were going three and out or throwing interceptions. You know, or, fu- or fumbling. Or fumbling. I mean, I mean, I mean. Yeah, well, there was only one interception, one fumble. Okay, in the but, second but, half. In the second half, but my point is, you know, you make in the all, game that we lost. I mean, you can make all the all the comments about the snaps or what threw Adrian Martinez off. The snaps are what threw it off. Then what happened in the second half? He had Mo Washington out there. He had the good. Snaps. And Mo Washington had a good game, really. For well, no but more the than they used him. But the offense didn't score. 
Okay, but the guy was averaging six and a half yards of carry. I, I'm not, Adrian but, Martinez had a bad throw that he threw an interception on. He actually had three bad throws. Probably all three of them should have been intercepted, but only one of them got intercepted. There were four fumbles in the game, but one of them was on Wondell Robinson on the opening drive kickoff. The other one was on special teams on, on J.D. Spielman right after he just got done getting a touchdown. And then Mills had one that he dropped, and then Adrian Martinez threw a touchdown okay, so, or so, uh, interception. So, 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 Derek, I'm sorry. Let me ask you this. So you said Adrian, one of the reasons Adrian Martinez struggled was because of snaps. Okay. I said that was one of the reasons. What was his excuse the second half? Well, like you said, the offensive line still wasn't blocking for him very well. And, and, and that's my thing. It's, and that's by going back to the Cam Jurgens. I mean, everyone kind of wants to beat him up a little bit because his snaps are bad. And, and a lot of that's rightfully so. I mean, but my, my point is the offense didn't all of a sudden click. Justin, to your question, you pulled Cam Jurgens. The offense got no better and arguably got worse without it. So I don't know what you chalk that up to. But you had Washington. You had the good snaps, and the offense didn't improve. I, I think I, I just want to chalk this up as a game that Frost had a bad game plan. And I don't know what his game plan was besides he wanted to establish the run between the tackles. And that, my friends, did not work. And I don't know. And that's on play, that's on play calling. That's on Frost. And that's what I was talking about. Like, we only threw the ball three times in the second half. I get we didn't have the ball very long, but we only threw the ball three times. Why, why were we playing so vanilla? Why, why, did we shut, why did we shut everything down and just let Mo Washington try to run the ball? Well, I think when you're running against a, you know, I don't think anybody thought that South Alabama was going to be a defensive juggernaut. And when you were unable to establish the run, against South Alabama. I don't care if it's vanilla or you're, it's dazzling play calling right there. When you can't win in the trenches, on the, especially on the offensive line, you can't push that defensive line back, you have big issues regardless of the play calling. And that is what scares You know, we were talking about the red flags last week. Uh, we didn't think any of this would come to fruition. But, you know, what, what we wanted to see what, Derek, you said – Four quarters of football. Did we even get two quarters of football out of this no. game? No. Maybe one quarter? Not by the offense. I think the defense played pretty well throughout four, but not the, not on offense. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the inability to establish the run was another red flag, and we did not do that. Uh, Tyler, I forget what your red flags were. Uh, uh, stopping the run. Stopping which, the run. Which we did. We did well. I mean, I thought we, we'd look we well. Okay. We'll, um, we'll get to the defensive side here. But, but go ahead. I, I, I just want to go around. You know, what, you know Derek and I were the, probably the two more optimistic ones going into this season um, about the Huskers. And, you know, I, I think, you know, we and Derek kind of saw it a little bit differently, not drastically different. He was a little bit higher on the offense. I was a little bit higher on the defense. And I'll tell you guys. You know, I and I'm not gonna. This is one game. We got to keep telling ourselves that. But all my worst fears about this offense not taking a step forward were proved. Dedrick Mills was not impressive. Our offensive line doesn't look better. Our wide receivers, I you know, I thought they could be better with depth. You know what? I was wrong on that. We we, we talked about that today. We played five wide receivers, and really only four of them were factors. Yeah, Cade Warner's injured, but. I mean, that, that's concerning, and, and we all said if we were going to be great this year, Adrian Martinez had to take a step forward, and through one game, he took a step back. So yeah. do with that as you will, but, yeah, I mean, that was like the worst of all scenarios for that offense week one. 
So what were the bright spots? There had to have been some bright spots. We talked about Jack Stoll. What what are the bright spots, Derek? Uh, I, I'm going to chalk this up. I, to me, this is the whole team. As, but the penalties. I thought the penalties. We expected to get some penalties. We had eight penalties, which is probably still too many. But it's week one. You're going to get them. But it was only 64 yards, which means we're getting small penalties. We ended up with two false starts, uh, an, an illegal motion on offense. We had an illegal substitution. Oh, and a holding penalty. And a delay of game that they were just kind of trying to push the ball back on. It was towards the end of the game. Uh, on defense, we ended up with a, a substitution penalty and then a personal foul penalty, which be a, it, it needs to be cleaned up. Whether it was right or wrong, it needs to be cleaned up. And there was a pass interference. So I think I think overall the penalties looked a lot better. Uh, but there wasn't as far as offense goes. There, I mean, there wasn't a lot of bright spots. Like Wondell Robinson could be a bright spot, but if we're going to force him to force the ball at him, and he's going to, that's how we're gonna, what we're going to get out of him. He, he's not Rondell Moore yet. Like, yeah, and- give him time to give him time to develop. Yeah, and why sacrifice the uh, J.D. Spielman for Wandell, you know, an exactly. established commodity for somebody, you know, that's going to be the future. But, hey, Tyler. And, 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 and again, you know, why are you shutting Jack Stoll down? Like, yeah. the guy was just murdering those guys. He was too big for him. They couldn't hardly tackle him. And if I would have been Frost, I would have just fed him the ball all game long. Why, I mean, I don't. there would have been no other reason to throw to anybody else. Well, maybe they're saving it for Colorado. Hey, Tyler, what were some of your bright spots on offense? Well, I think if you go back and rewatch that game, and I, I went back and rewatched every snap, I think you got to look at the wide receivers did get open. Um, Adrian wasn't hitting them, but there was a few different plays out there that there were wide open wide receivers. You know that the back touchdown pass that he missed the Noah that I, I don't know how much he really missed on and how much Noah should have dragged his feet a little bit better, but that was just a tad off. I already talked about the Wandell Robinson third down play that had him wide open off that post that he completely beat the guy. J.D. Spielman had a play where he was open. You know, you talked about, I think our separation at the wide receiver position, position was impressive. So I think, and you got to believe, I mean, we have so much film on Adrian Martinez. you got to believe this is a one-game slump. And whatever the reason is, I don't know. Maybe the jitters of all the Heisman hype got to him a little bit week one. I, I don't know. Um, it had been a long time since he played football. Maybe that's it, but... Yeah, I, I just think um, you know he's going to be better, but I think the wide receiver separation was definitely a bright spot of this team. All right, Tyler, we're going to well, keep it. Oh, go ahead. You, you talked about J.D. Spielman getting open, and you know there, there was one specific play that really drove me nuts. And this was all on Adrian; he didn't go through his reads. But uh, that that it, that when he threw to kind of I know that first time he threw in a double coverage, and it really should have been picked off. When they panned back out, J.D. Spielman was sitting over there with nobody even, like maybe within five yards of him. I mean, he was wide open. I was like, Adrian's got to catch that. I mean, I know he's still relatively a young quarterback, but you have to be able to catch that. You have to be able to see that. All right, let's move on to defense. Tyler, uh, what are your thoughts on the defense performance? How about them black shirts, boys? I I mean, was this the 95 Huskers, 97 Husker defense? No. Was this Indominus Sue's defense? No. But this defense played a hell of a game. You know, you know they, they gave up some yards on the ground. Okay. But they, they held Minter, their star running back, to less than his season average last year. All of the touchdowns that they gave up 
were on a short field. So the, no, it wasn't one drive, the longest drive of the game. Um, 58, went 58 yards. yards. Thank you, Derek. I was getting there. It was 58 yards. I mean, which is definitely not driving the length of the field on us. Um, you know, I, I think you look at what we got from a turnover perspective. Obviously, it's great. The corner blitzes were really, really effective. I thought they called a really good game and dialed those up appropriately. I, I you know, a four and a half star performance from those black shirts. Derek. That's way too high. Way too high. Look, they played a good game. They played a really good game. They did not play a great game. Uh, they gave up over 300 yards total offense. There were three or four times that the receivers were wide open. Though lucky for us, we had fast enough guys to catch up to them. There was no pressure by the front four. We couldn't. We couldn't blitz. We couldn't just have a four man rush and get a pressure. Still, uh, we had to dial up cornerback blitzes, safety blitzes, inside linebacker blitzes every time in order to get any kind of pressure. Uh, defensive line did not do a great job of stopping the run. The inside linebackers were really, really good at that. Uh, you, you talk. You talk about. I mean, the secondary was really the high spot, high point of this of this of this defense. And Cam Taylor, holy cow, this kid's going to be good, guys. Mm-hmm. He had a stat line that did impress me a little bit. He had five tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack, a forced fumble, and an interception for 48 yards. That's a lot of stuff going on for a kid that never played defense all through high school. Not, not bad for a quarterback, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like The kid played well. Uh, Lamar Jackson had a pretty good game. We had 10 tackles for loss, which was impressive. But again, it was mostly linebackers doing it. Uh, most of the sacks came from linebackers. Actually, two of them came from one, one from a safety, one from a cornerback, one from a linebacker, and Khalil Davis did get one. Uh, I'm still a little concerned about this defensive line. I mean, this was not a big offensive line, and they couldn't get a push there either. Like we talked about the offensive line not getting a push, but even, Darian, even with Darren Daniels in there, we did not get a great push in that defensive line. Well, I thought overall, I thought the de- uh, the defense. Well, obviously, the defense saved the day for us. Without the the turnovers, especially the defensive touchdowns, we get special teams a little bit later. But without that, we wouldn't have won this game. Uh, th- this was a we. This is a game that we should have definitely uh, overmatched. You know, overmatched South Alabama, and they hung with us. This was a one possession game into the fourth quarter. And that's after, you know, the third quarter with the 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 uh the defensive and special teams touchdowns, but I was really impressed with the defense, especially a name that you forgot to mention there, uh Derek was uh, Eric Lee. Eric Lee finally after all of these years, he came out and he turned into a stud. The best game uh it, it was the player of the game in my, my book. Go ahead, Derek. Oh, absolutely! He was a player of the game, and I don't mean to like just tear tear this defense down because they did play really good. Uh, you saw a lot of hats to the balls. You saw hustle. You didn't see players giving up, I, I, and I appreciate that part. Like it was a good game. The defensive line is the only part that still kind of scares me a You're little right. bit. You're right. And but the rest of them, I thought looked great. The defensive backs were the stars of this team, and and look, defense won this game hands down. Our offense did nothing to try and win this game. It was all defense. And one special teams play. So, I mean, you're right, but I just don't want to sit here and holler that all the black shirts are back when 
we, we beat up on a lowly South Alabama team that we should have beat up way worse than we did. And let's not forget that one of those interceptions was with a backup quarterback that had to come in with his helmet because the, the, the starting quarterback had his helmet come off. And for some dumbass reason, their coach decided to throw the ball instead of run it when we weren't really stopping to run that great way against them. Yeah, that was the worst play call right there. That was that was terrible right there. I, I guess, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think we did a good job stopping the run. I mean, I think going into this game, I think if you had to look at a strength of this team, which was hard to find, it was going to be they, they were pretty effective at running the ball. And I think we did a good job stopping him. I, I get what you're saying on the defensive line, Derek. Um, you know, it would have been nice to see a little bit more pressure from them. But I thought in run defense, they were really effective. I thought they clogged holes and did a good job of preventing them getting downfield. And, you know, I, I there's a quote that someone said, and I was I really tried to figure out who said this. It's, do I really care where my pressure comes from as long as I'm getting pressure the answer is no, I do not. If we're getting pressure, I don't care if we're having to send five or six as long as we're giving getting pressure on the quarterback. I've seen this team blitz before and not get pressure. They got the pressure when they dialed up the blitzes, and that's what matters. Where it's going to matter is when you play the bigger teams like Wisconsin, Iowa, Ohio State, and you're dialing up these big blitzes, and they start throwing slants because you're running these blitzes, and you have nobody to cover them. And you're still not getting pressure because they're they've got now got your scheme down and they know how to block it. Well, if if they don't get pressure, then yes, that will be a problem. But as long as we are getting pressure, it's not an issue. I, I, again, I just think I think when you look at these, t- it, it will it will be when they hit a wide receiver downfield that's got nobody on him because a cornerback came into blitz. Well, that didn't happen this week, and and what I will it t- didn't happen this week, but it can happen. What, what I will tell you is. This this team is not going to be known as the best defense Nebraska's put out. We all know that. But but if this defense could play that well or and improve throughout the season, I like where we're at. I mean, this starting point for the Black Shirts, it, it's much better than we thought. We I, I think a lot of us thought we'd see Week One. I didn't. I don't think any of us thought the defense was going to be what carried us to victory. No, very true. And so, kudos to them. All right, uh, Derek, let's talk about the special teams real quick. Uh, overall, I thought they were better than last year. Uh, there were some flubs. You, you had the missed field goal. It was partially blocked. Uh, the, the one that really bugged me was J.D. Spielman muffing the punt. Like He's too much of a veteran guy to be doing that. He didn't settle under it. He should have just let the damn thing go, and he decided to try and make a play instead of just whatever. You called for a fair catch anyway. So, I mean, it wasn't like you were going to be able to take off with it. Just let the damn thing go. Uh, so, so I mean, that was one of the, their touchdowns right there. We gave them the ball on the 13-yard line. Like, the defense had just gotten a, a defensive touchdown. Or, no, we got a defensive touchdown. Then J.D. Spielman got his running or his uh, punt return touchdown. Then he turns around and does that. So, the defense just back on the field again and again and again. And it was difficult for him to get that yard to stop that thirteen yards. Uh, I other than that, I think special teams overall was better. I thought the blocking schemes looked better. There were there were holes for everybody to run in. Wandell Robinson looked very promising as a kick returner. Like that guy had seventy seven yards returning kicks. I he looked he looked good in that role. Uh, other than that, what am I missing here, Tyler? 
I, I think you, you forgot the grade of the defense, uh, the special teams. They got a cupcake special teams grade. Uh, for people that don't get that reference, uh, DeWitt, the special teams coach, daughter baked cupcakes and brought them to the special teams after the game for the performance. And Dismute got two of them because instead yeah. of taking a cheap shot block, he ended up just getting in the guy's way. I, I think that shows a lot of intelligence. You talked about penalties. I like that this team is playing smarter. Um, I, I Again, I, I think another strength of the game. The missed field goal was considering and hopefully Pickering's back so... Um, I, I definitely have a little bit more faith in him, but I, you know, I thought good. I thought um, Isaac Armstrong punted overall a pretty good game. His first punt wasn't great, but um, after that, I thought he settled in and did a better job. Um, shout out to Caleb Lightborn for being gone. Thank you very much for leaving um, because I, I think we're still in a much better situation. All right, Tyler. All right, final question before we move on to the Colorado preview. Even though it's just one game. But overall, in this game, do we look more, do we look more improved than last year's team? I mean, the answer is no. I mean, you you can't say. I mean that that was the worst offensive production, with the exception of Michigan State, that we've seen under Scott Frost. And guys, this wasn't the Michigan State's offense or defense. So this was a bad offensive performance. It, overall so i mean I, I think that was disappointing so through one game no we don't look any better derek i you know it's it's hard to say I, it's week one no right now no we don't look if we looked at we looked vastly improved on defense not offense overall i, I would go slightly improved just because i think special teams look improved and i think defense looked improved uh offense took what looked like a big step back, but again, I I, th- I have faith that Frost. This is not going to be the norm. Like he's going to figure that shit out. Uh, but if you're asking me right now, are we vastly improved from last year? Not yet. I can't. I can't answer yes right now. But I think it's too early to really answer that question. Too. So, Justin, I got a question for you. So you obviously don't think so. You no, think we look? You, you look terrible. Are you panicking right now? Uh. I don't know what's your definition of panicking. I mean, any hopes of winning the Big Ten West right now, they're just not there. I I think this team, uh, from what I saw, until I see something different, it just tells me that we're going to lose a lot more games than what we thought uh, a few weeks ago when we handed out our uh, predictions. So do you think we're still a bull team? I I, I think we're a bull team. that looked like it might have been a six-win team there yesterday, or on Saturday, I'm sorry. But uh, with, I mean, I'm with you guys. Unless something happens with that offense, and God, we, we, we need that offense to start clicking. But without a radical change in that offense, we're not going to win a lot of games because you can't count on this defense to have two defensive touchdowns and a special team's touchdown each and every game when your offensive unit got uh out manned by south alabama that is a big red flag guys huge red flag and in 2017 when we played arkansas state and arkansas state ran up all those yards that was a huge red flag with diaco diaco couldn't coach defense that year this right here 
This is kind of screaming red flag to me right now as far as offensive. This was the easiest game by far on our schedule. And we just we did not come to play. Uh, the defense did, but offense was it, it was it was pathetic. That was the most pathetic output I've seen in a long, long, long time. I'll, I'll say this. And here, to me, this is the biggest difference. There are red flags right now. You're right. I'm not going to argue that. I think here, to me, is the biggest difference. I, I do believe Scott Frost is a way better coach than Bob Diaco was. And I do believe that Scott Frost will be able to turn it. I think this will be our worst game offensively for the year. Hey, here's my, the thing. Que- my question is, can a defense continue to do what they did or at least look decent throughout the rest of the year? Hey, Bob Diaco looked pretty good uh, as defensive coordinator at other places also. Uh, right now, I mean... One place, really. Well, one place. Okay, that's right. Scott Frost looked good at one place. but Well, okay. But he was also part of the defense of Oklahoma last year that was absolutely atrocious. Yeah, well... All, all I'm saying is right now, uh, I just... I, I need to see more because this does not look like a better improved team, especially when Jack Stoll is out a couple of weeks ago talking about a scoring explosion where they could put up 50, 60 points against any team. And if you can't do it against South Alabama, I don't know who on the schedule that you think you're going to get 50 to 60 points in points against. Uh, let, let's see if they turn around against Colorado. Uh, we want Possibly to. Colorado. Colorado's defense was atrocious, too. We'll get to that, though. Well, let's get into it right now, Derek. Uh, give us the Colorado overview. By the way, uh, we are now three-and-a-half-point favorites over Colorado. I think it opened up at, what was it, six, Tyler? Yeah, six points and then went down to four-and-a-half, and now it down, I guess down to three. So Three-and-a-half, yeah. So, uh, Derek, tell us about this Colorado team. Well, you know, I, I look at last year, I look at what we did against them last year, and we outplayed them in so many different areas of the game. We killed ourselves, we shot ourselves in the foot so many times in that game. And I, so I want to kind of sit here and say that same thing can happen this year. Uh, they have a running back who, Alex Fontenot, man, he had 6.6 yards per carry last week, 125 yards, and three touchdowns against Colorado State. Now, I do, do not think he will be able to do that against Nebraska. Uh, I, I tried to compare because I was curious to know uh, exactly what they did. And last year they came into the Nebraska game after playing Colorado State at six and a, almost six and a half yards a carry. Uh, for the whole year they ended up averaging six point one yards per carry against Nebraska. They averaged one point three. So as bad as our defense was last year, we shut their run game down. Uh, again, you hope you can do that again this year. But now they have what seems to be like a better running back back there, and uh, man, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you got Montez, Stephen Montez back. You got Lavisca Chenault, Katie Nixon, and Tony Brown all back, and we really struggled to stop those guys last year. So this is going to be a real. T- We're going to find out this week if this defensive backs are as good as we think they are. Because if they if they blow coverage like they did against South Alabama. We're in, we probably are in trouble. We're going to give up a lot of points and a lot of yards to those receivers. Tyler, what can you add? Well, I mean, I think you know, Derek, you kind of hit a really good thing. I mean, they were very dominant, and I, I want to just really quickly recap last year's game. You know, it, for the people that don't remember, we spotted Colorado fourteen points early. 
Um, we came out, I, I don't want to say flat, but we spotted them for, uh, 14 points early in that game. But if you look at overall in that game, Adrian Martinez rushed for over 100 yards. J.D. Spielman had a very long reception, showed that he could beat the coverage. And it, it really came down to, uh, with about a minute 20 left in the game, they, they threw Montez threw a perfect ball to put, it, put them ahead um, and give them the victory. But I, I just want to really kind of talk about last week's performance with Colorado. I mean, a lot of people are making a big deal about this offense. And, and, and a lot of it's rightfully so. I mean, they, they played well. I mean, through week one, they're 29th in the country in yards per game rushing. Um, Montez was very efficient running the ball. The offensive line was dominant. But I just want to put in perspective how bad Colorado State is. Last year, Colorado State was 117th in defense. They were 113th against the run. And you may say, well, they had a lot of players. They're returning all their best defenders. No, they only returned six starters. They lost their two leading tacklers, their leading guy who tackled for loss, and the only two players that recorded multiple interceptions. That was a bad Colorado State team. And you talk about Nebraska being within one score. Going into halftime, that was a very competitive game in... uh, for Colorado. I mean, they were only up three points going into halftime, and they took it over in the second half. Kudos to them for doing that, but I, I think a lot of people are making a big deal about this offense, and I'm going to be honest, guys. I, I don't buy it. I'm not buying they're going to be able to run the ball. We had um, oh shoot, what was it? Seven sacks last year against them. Our defensive line dominated them last year. Derek, you wanted to see it. They did it last year against them. This is the team they had their best game. I think they are more than capable of doing that again against this Colorado offensive line. I, I am not buying the Buffalo offense. Well, I'm glad you're not buying their offense because I sure as hell ain't buying their defense. Holy cow, was that a bad defensive game for them against Colorado State? And again, Colorado State's not a juggernaut in offense. Uh, but you know what? They gave up like 145 yards uh, rushing defense. They gave up 234 Passing, oh, uh, yeah, passing almost 400 yards uh, total defense. Gave up uh, 27 points. or what Wasn't that it, 27 is what they gave up to him? 31. 31. 31, 31, sorry. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, yeah, all those stats are even worse this year than what they were last year. I mean, and, and it was against a team that – has a four-star quarterback as third-string quarterback. So, okay, so, you know, Colorado, they did force four turnovers in that game. Nebraska, they forced five turnovers. Uh, Well, I say all that to say this. What are some ways Colorado can exploit Nebraska, Derek? If Nebraska can't clean up these turnovers, we're going to be in trouble. Because they've proven they can take it away. I, I, their defense is not good, and we're going to move the ball on them. We're going to score on them, I do believe. Uh, but I also believe they're going to score on us. I, I think I think this game is going to come down to who wins the turnover battle wins this game. Tyler? Well, I think there's two big areas. I think you got to look at the wide receivers. I, I think they are probably, with the exception of Ohio State and Purdue, the third best wide receiver core in Nebraska will face all year. Um you know, LaVisca really? gets a lot of the hype of that team. He, he's potentially a future NFL. But, Derek, you mentioned him. Uh, Katie Nixon is also a really good wide receiver. Um, I, I do think that we will be challenged. I do think we have a secondary that matches up well with them. But 
that they are going to be challenging there. And I think the second area isn't even about them. It's what is our status of our offensive line? Coaches said they're still riding Cam Jurgens. Where is this kid's head at right now? Um, I will tell you, we cannot, we cannot have the snap issues we had last week. We cannot have Bo Wilson arguably having his worst game. We cannot lose the battle up front. And I will tell you of the two areas, that is the one that's most concerning to me is what is our offensive line going to Colorado? And because I, I, I will tell you that that is skeptical for me. I, I am worried about that unit. You keep you keep bringing up Bo Wilson, and it's fair. I, I'm not going to argue with you, but we talked about I, well, I talked about this being one of the surprise moves on the depth chart with moving him over to right guard. Was that a bad move? Do they need to maybe move him back to left? I, I mean, I you would say the obviously you would think the thought process of moving him to the right would would be so you could run to the right side. I mean, that would be the thought process there, right? Um, is is it maybe a little bit of Diedrich Mills? I, I don't know if he was quick enough. Maybe with Maurice Washington, he hits the holes a little bit better. But, um, man, I, I'll tell you, I don't know. Derek, that's a great question. That is really a great question. I would love to believe the coaches knew what they were getting themselves into. I don't know if you move him to left guard who's playing that right guard spot. Hickson wasn't exactly a world beater last week either. You know, I'm going to change the subject here a little bit. I, there's one other aspect to this game I, I don't think anybody's taking into consideration. You listen to all these players, and you listen to them talk, and you listen to them talk about how much they want to get revenge on on Colorado and talk about this heated rivalry and how much they hate Colorado and blah, 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 blah. And you're seeing it all over Twitter with uh, not so much the players, but the fans. Uh, this seems like a very good trap for our players to fall into to get too emotional and end up stubbing their toe like keep your heads in the game don't do stupid shit uh keep just keep your head in the game and and don't overthink it just play the game that you're supposed to play all right Derek uh, what are some ways Nebraska can exploit Colorado here ah boy I I I think I think all these receivers, like Tyler was talking about, can get open. I think they can get open easily against Colorado's secondary. Uh, I'm hoping that Adrian Martinez goes progresses through his uh, motion or his options again a little bit better, and he hits some of these open wide receivers with some better throws that they can catch. Uh, man, we really ran all over these guys last year. I'd really like to see that happen again. But I, I, I'm with Tyler. I'm not sure that Dedrick, Dedrick Mills is the way to is gonna do that. Uh, Maurice Washington will be playing the whole game, so maybe that helps some. But he's not an every down back. We all know this. He's he's just not that guy. Uh, can Adrian Martinez continue? Can, can he improve from last year, last week's running? Because his running was terrible last week. He had a few de- decent runs of five to ten yards, but he really didn't do anything explosive or, or even exciting to watch. And he ran all over him last year. So can he do that again? All right. So Tyler, uh, what are some ways Nebraska can exploit Colorado? Yeah. So I, I had two on there, you know, Derek, you mentioned how the coaches decided to get uh Wandell Robinson involved. You know, one of my friends pointed out, I think Scott, that Scott Frost is probably a better using boxing terminology, a counter puncher, you know, last week against, uh, 
you know, uh, against so, uh, South Alabama, he kind of was leading that fight. He was going at them. I don't think he had to get creative to dial up a play call. I don't think he tried to. I think he is going to do a lot better of reacting to what Colorado did because he actually has to this week. And I think you look at guys like um, Wandell Robinson last week did it, but I think J.D. Spielman could do that this week. Maurice Washington could do it this week. Hell, Miles Jones could do that. I think we have a lot of guys on this roster. Jack Stoll, that can get really good matchups on them. And then I'm going to go back to the black shirts here. I, I will tell you, we, we talked about that secondary, how they were good at making plays. I'm still really high on this defense. I think this defense is going to cause fits for Colorado. I think they are going to come out in what I believe will be a predominantly red Colorado, and they are going to shell shock the hell out of Colorado. I think they're going to be pressuring them. I think they're going to be in their face. I, I, I really think this could be a signature black uh, shirt performance of the year for the defense. You know, Colorado, they did not give up a sack last week against Colorado State. So as far as let's, let's take an over under on uh, sacks. Over under on sacks against uh, Colorado, three and a half. I'd take the over all day. I'd pick the over. Okay. La- last year, they only had, uh, I think, one sack given up against Colorado State. So it looked like they were okay there too last year. But then Nebraska came in and sacked them left and right. Uh, so, so I think we can still go over on that. Uh, yeah, guys, look, this game could go a lot of different ways. And, Tyler, I'm really hoping it goes your way. And this black shirt defense shows up. Uh, the one thing I did see today, I, I know Frost is real bad about not giving injury updates. But I will tell you that Deontay Williams came out of practice with no pads. So he was very limited in practice today, if he even practiced. So that tells me that Eric Lee is probably starting this weekend. Which is not which, a bad thing. Which is no, not I mean, a bad the guy thing. was like, we talked about it. That guy was a player of the game last week. I personally think he should probably just take the starting job from one of the two safeties. That guy, you need that guy in there. If he's going to be that kind of playmaker. Well, I'm not ready to do that, but I will tell you that if there is a game for him to get the start, it's this one. Remember, Eric Lee is from Colorado. He might have a little extra giddy up, and another guy that's from Colorado is one JoJo Doman. And, (laughs) you know, (laughs) who, who, by the way, is trying to give Colorado like billboard material by uh, talking about talking about. Thank God he came to Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. let's go ahead and piss these guys off a little more. Right? Well, and, and I will tell you, we, we I don't know how we skipped over that man's name in the defensive breakdown from that, but he was a spark plug. I don't even think Caleb Tanna played a bad game. I like what they're doing at that outside linebacker position, uh, at least on that side. Um, I, I Again, I think he's going to come in, and I, I I will put the – I he gets a sack this weekend. I, I, I am going to say confidently that man will get at least one sack this weekend. Okay, real quick. I'll, I'll go one. I'll go one up on you and say you get a strip sack. All right, real quick here, guys. How do you envision this game playing out as far as game flow, Tyler? You know, I think I think this is going to start off being a little bit of a defensive battle. I think both teams are going to be amped up. I, I, I this feels like a bigger game than it probably is to me. Maybe it's because I live in Denver, but Colorado's anxious. I think this is going to come out a little bit slow, but I think the third quarter is going to come around and. You, we're going to see the speed of this t- Nebraska offense really start clicking a little bit and getting a couple more plays, and I, I don't think the defense is going to let up. So I think expect a slow start from the Huskers um, on offense, but overall I think they'll 
turn it around by the end. Derek? Uh, I see Nebraska scoring on their first drive, and then probably not again until the middle of the second quarter. Oh, ouch. <laughs> that seems to be our MO. That's what we do. All right, guys, uh, we're, we're going to give our score prediction uh, for the Colorado game here in a couple more segments. But first, got to get to our games of the week. Uh, Tyler, how did we do last week? We all went 4-2. 4-2. Two. and two. All right. So not that dramatic. Okay. Uh, games of the week this week. Uh, number one, Cincinnati at Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State, 16.5-point favorites. Tatter. I'm going to go with Ohio State on this one. Uh, Cincinnati uh, struggles on the offensive ball. They they only scored 24 points last week while having the control of the ball for 38 minutes. I, I just don't think their offense is good enough to score enough points to keep up with Justin Fields in that offense. So I got Ohio State. Derek? You're absolutely right. They only scored 24 points against a crappy UCLA team who I apparently am completely wrong on. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you picked UCLA, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a bonehead move. Uh, but, you know, they scored 24 points, and, and, and it wasn't because UCLA's defense looked good either. Like, it just didn't – it was not a pretty game for them. I, I don't see them improving enough to really make this a game. I think Ohio State wins big. I have Ohio State in a close one, actually. Uh Game number two, Vanderbilt at Purdue. Purdue, which lost a heartbreaker last week. Uh, Purdue's seven-point favorites in this game. Tyler? You know, yes, Purdue lost last week, but they lost on the road at Nevada. That's a tough home opener. Rondell Mill had a muff punt. I, Vandy just wasn't competitive against Georgia. Last week they were playing without two of their offensive linemen. I haven't heard an update if they're playing this week. I, I got Purdue winning this one. Oh man! Problem is, without Rondell Moore, like this team really isn't very good at all. Their defense isn't very good. Their offense wasn't that great without Rondell Moore is not getting them all their yards. Uh, I think Vanderbilt probably doesn't have enough defense to shut down Rondell Moore. So I think Purdue squeezes out a victory. I think this is a very close game, and I think I think Vanderbilt. Hangs tough just because I don't think Purdue's got a defense can do anything. Ouch. All right. Well, I think Purdue wins this game. Game number three, Syracuse at Maryland. Uh, Maryland is two-and-a-half-point favorites at this point. Tyler. You guys all mocked me when I said I was high on Maryland this year. Well, 79 to nothing. 623 yards. Only allowing 68 yards. I don't care who you're playing against. They are better than people think. I got Maryland in this game. They played Howard the it Duck. It was Howard. Howard the Duck. Maryland. Come on. Come on. I, I, you know what? I'm not sold on Maryland still. They beat up on a lowly team that they should have beat up on. They did it impressively, sure. Uh, I think Q's still has more talent. I think they're still a little bit better team. And I think they have the way better coach. So I'm going with Q's in this one. I have Syracuse also. Uh, hey, I, I agree, Tyler. That was pretty impressive. 79 points. I don't care who, who it's against. Uh, the, the, the most impressive part of that was was they had 11 touchdowns and a safety. Wow, yeah. Hey, you know what? You, you can put that those numbers up against Howard or St. Cecilia. I don't care. But Syracuse, <laughs> yeah, 
Saint Cecilia Blue Hawk drop right there, guys. Uh, I, I got Syracuse in this one. All right, Texas A&M at Clemson. Clemson 17.5-point favorites. Tyler. Well, I'll just tell you, one co- coach, Cody Jackson, would not allow that to happen, so don't worry about that, Blue Hawk fans. But um, for the Clemson game, I got just two words on that. Trevor Lawrence, Clemson all the way. Derek? Trevor Lawrence had a worse stat line than Adrian Martinez last week. Does it mean he's worse? Probably not. But I think Texas A&M looked really good last week, and I think they hold close in this game. Clemson wins, so it's at home. Oh, God, I thought you were going to take Texas A&M. I did too. All right, yeah, he's not that dumb, guys. All right, yeah, Clemson wins this game. All right, final game, LSU at Texas. Uh, this will be a fun one. Uh, LSU's five-and-a-half-point favorites going on the road in Austin. So, Tyler. You know, I, I'm i going to go with LSU in this one. I, I think LSU has a really good defensive front that's going to win that matchup. And I, I believe Joe Burrows is going to be the best quarterback on the field. That might be a hot take alert, but I, I do think Joe Burrows has figured out a little bit. Um, he went 23 of 27 last week. I, I, I think he's the best quarterback, and that's a bad thing for Texas. LSU. Well, let me tell you, he doesn't have to be the best quarterback because Texas gave up 340 yards passing to Louisiana, to Louisiana Tech. So, yes, LSU is going to throw the ball all over Texas and probably win this game pretty big. Yeah, I have LSU also. It's going to be a fun one. You know, I, I live here in Texas. Uh, oh, it's always fun to watch Texas get their ass kicked. Yeah, I got a lot of Texas Longhorn fans, so I'm just trying to figure out which uh, place I want to hang out at and watch the game with. Do you know who the defensive coordinator of Louisiana Tech is? Oh, no, I do not. One Bob Diaco. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's where he landed. I was trying to oh, Google wow. it, but you got too quickly. But I believe he was the defensive coordinator. Well, so the fact that, that they that didn't would score ex- 79 That would explain points, why Texas scored so much. Well, they didn't score 79, so that's a bad sign for Texas. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Uh, let's get in the best bets. Uh, Tyler, recap the scores from last week. Well, we, we went 2-1 and one, uh, last week. And by the way, Bob Diaco is, in fact, the defensive coordinator at Louisiana Tech. But... Um, uh, we went two and one last week, uh, Justin. You have a little bit of an asterisk next to yours, but we're still counting that as a loss. Uh, yeah, I Derek and I both got ours, and Justin missed on the FSU Boise State game. Yeah, that, I tell you what, that game right there, I love that game uh, at four and a half in Jacksonville, and when uh, the Hurricane moved it back to Tallahassee, they moved that line to six and a half. Or even seven at some bucks, and I, I didn't like that. I liked that four and a half, not seven. You know what? It doesn't matter because apparently Florida State sucks ass. Uh, <laughs> Brian Wilson yeah. on Twitter, man, he, he was uh, giving us a hard time for picking uh, uh, Florida State. He's like, Boise State's going to win that game. Boise State has better coaches that know how it's to good. win. Yeah, It's a good thing we didn't have him for a guest picker, huh? God, he, yeah, he, he was right on that one. He, he nailed that one and took all of our yeah. money. You know, Justin, I could have been leaning on it if Florida State had won by the four and a half. I could have been like, okay, we'll give it to them. But no, they they lost that game. I, hey, I, I, I deserve it. I deserve it too. 
And, and you know, I, I see an interesting stat there while I was watching that game that Florida State was 80-2 and two with an 18-point or more lead coming into that game. 80-2. and two. And they gave up an 18-point lead and lost that game. Ouch. But, but you know, Justin, you mentioned that line change. So I, I was with you on the four and a half. I thought that was a pretty good line, so I bet that. And then when that changed to six and a half, um, I was like, yeah, that's getting a little bit too close for what a line I like to bet. So I stuck away from that. So the money stayed in my pocket on that one. Hey, you know what? I, I, I did not re-bet it at six and a half. I did not re-bet it. So I, I lost the segment. I lost the best bet segment against the spread, but I did not did not lose any money because I did not rebet that game at six and a half. Didn't like it. That was my gimme. So uh, I'll, I'll gladly take the loss with no money lost. Uh, all right, let's get into best bets. Uh, Tyler, what is your best bet for the weekend? So my best bet is going to be West Virginia plus fourteen against Missouri. Uh, West Virginia struggled last week against Jay Madison. That is true. But you know what? They won. Last week, Missouri lost to Wyoming. And not only did they lose to Wyoming, they were up 14-3 to and still lost that game. They gave up almost 300 yards in the ground. And West Virginia is returning a 1,000-yard rusher this year. I think West Virginia has enough to keep this game close. I'm not saying they're going to win. I wouldn't bet the money line. But at plus 14, I like that spread. Okay, Derek? Down SEC. I hope West Virginia beats them again. Never did like Missouri anyway. Uh, you know, I had a couple of them here. Originally, I thought about going with the the Ohio State over at like 56, I believe. Uh, I ultimately end up going with uh, Wisconsin minus 35 to Central Michigan. Uh I wasn't overly impressed with Jack Cohn, but that team's still good. That defense was better than I think most of us anticipated. And the way they played South Florida, I don't see Central Michigan hanging even close to these guys. I think this is an easy cover for for Wisconsin. Interesting, because you weren't that impressed with that 49 nothing win over South Florida. No, I was not impressed with Jack Cohn. I didn't say I wasn't impressed with Wisconsin. I said I wasn't, I wasn't impressed with Jack Cohn, okay. and I'm still not. Yeah, I- Actually, I like that pick. That was on my radar as well. Uh, But ultimately, I went with uh, Illinois minus 20 at UConn. Uh, Illinois blew out Akron 42-3. to And UConn is way worse than Akron. Uh, UConn gave up 49 or more points 10 times last year. 49 or more points 10 times last year. Crazy. Crazy. UConn has not been above 500 against the spread since 2010. They were 2-10 against the spread last year. Uh, I think that uh, you know UConn's way worse than Akron again, and uh, Illinois minus 20 easy, guys. Thoughts? Nothing? That's uh, a good pick. Uh, Illinois, I think, was the surprise Big Ten team. I'm sorry, Justin. I think they, what, I think what, they looked the second best team in the Big Ten West. They're not, but they looked it. What did you have Illinois at? I just want to make sure I get the spread down. Minus minus twenty. Minus twenty or minus twenty and a half. Minus twenty. Okay. Minus twenty. Okay. I already locked it in. Okay. 
I'll show you my bet slip. Okay. Unless they move the game. <laughs> Don't move the game. All right. Hey, let's get into our score prediction contest. Uh, Nebraska at Colorado. We already talked about this. Uh, three and a half points. Uh, Nebraska's favorite, but three and a half. Uh, Tyler. Guys, I, I I spent the last 45 minutes bragging about these black shirts this game. I think this is a definitive game in this team, but I think the offense is not going to click on all cylinders, but they are going to be better than last week. I got Nebraska winning 33-10. to 10. Wow, 33-10. to 10. Nice. I love wow. that. We couldn't hold South Alabama to 10. Uh, I'm hopefully not J.D. Spillman <laughs> doesn't muff a punt, and that'll help a lot. I, I get it. I get it. Uh, you know, I, cu- I couldn't go quite a big blowout like that. I think the emotion gets to these players a little bit, and I think it takes them till probably the second half to really settle down. And I think we're probably trailing at the first half, the end of the first half. But I do think we come out in the second half with some adjustments and, and, and fix things and right the boat. I have Nebraska winning 31-28. to 28. Good. Nice. All right. I see this game slightly a little bit different than you. I think there's going to be a little bit more points scored. Uh, I think there's uh, Colorado's defense is going to allow Nebraska, Nebraska to score a little bit more points. I also think that Colorado is going to score a little bit more points. Uh, we're going to give them some opportunities. Uh, I, I have Colorado in this game winning 38-34. to 34. Whoa. Okay, yeah. Justin, you, you went quiet on the Colorado segment. You need to voice what happened here, man. Nebraska losing. What was the score, 34-38? to 38? Yeah, yeah that, that's what I have for this game, 38-34. I hope I'm wrong. If if there's a game to give back in, in the score prediction contest, this, this is going to be it. But I'm telling you guys, I was not impressed with that first game against South Alabama. Alabama. I think Colorado is a way better team than South Alabama. And I just think their offense is a lot better. Their defense, hey, I get it. I, I, their defense, our offense is going to score. I don't think we can count on you know, two defensive touchdowns and uh, special teams play. So we're gonna get we're gonna get some points here. But the uh, our inability to continue a drive, we had far too many three and outs. We had three three and outs in that second half against South Alabama. The other two possessions was an interception and fumble. I guess if you want to say that at the end of the game we had one snap to run out the clock, but. We're, I don't think we're quite there yet. I don't know if we figured out this offense. So uh, give me Colorado. On the road, on the road too? Come on, man. Derek, go ahead. I'll say this. The two three and out, two of those three and outs you're talking about appeared to me that Scott Frost was just trying to run the clock out. And maybe right or wrong, whatever you want. Uh, he, he, was run, he was running the play clock down to as much as he could. He ran three plays up the gut, which we couldn't do all game. I, I, two of those three and outs, I think you can call in the play calling. And just Nebraska want to take the win out without screwing it up. Uh, second off, just a reminder: he, he is at Cuzcast Justin. So hate mail at Cuzcast <laughs> Justin. Hey, I'm, I'm a realist. Hey, all right, 
Great show, guys. Let's get out of here. But before we do, we got to do last call. Last call to you, Tyler, quickly. Uh, my last call goes out to Tennessee. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. Who lost at Georgia State? Woo! The sky is falling down in Knoxville, boys. I just love to mock that those guys because uh, the, beating them in '97 was a highlight of my life, and watching them suck after passing out Dreciano is pretty hilarious. Thoughts? <laughs> it was funny. It was a fun game to watch. Even like Georgia, Georgia, uh, Georgia State uh, played a really good game. I they good good game plan. They uh, they executed well. Uh, the best part about the game was apparently in Atlanta. There was a truck that had a TV for the side, the whole side of the trailer, playing the game over and over again to mock all the Tennessee fans. It was rather funny. And also for all the uh, Justins out there with the sky is falling with Nebraska, just remember, it could be worse. Oh, absolutely. It damn sure could be worse. And I'm glad we're not in that scenario. But, yeah, that was pretty funny, uh, Tennessee getting upset there. You know, I'm a, Derek, I think you you asked me this question. You know, it's like Greg Schiano kind of seems like a good option right now, huh? <laughs> well, and, and and the other part is, I mean, that just was like the feather in the cap, which was was a terrible weekend for the SEC. So I I, I don't want to hear anyone talk about the SEC being the best conference in football anymore. It's not stopping Absolutely anybody. Not. It's not stopping anybody. All right, last call to you, Derek. It, sh- it should with uh, how many four losses. Two of them against power group of five teams. Anyway, uh, last call to me, uh, Jalen Hurts. We all know he transferred to Oklahoma. We know Oklahoma's quarterback, you. They've won the last two Heismans with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Uh, Guys, Jalen Hurts looks like maybe he could do it third time in a row. And I would laugh if he did. I will not root for it because I hate Oklahoma. But it looks like he could do it. And if he does do it, it would be funny just because – Alabama just let this kid go. Like they benched him and put Tua in there. And if Tua ends up losing to Heisman to Jalen Hurts, it would just be hilarious to me. Derek, let's fast forward to the playoff. Oklahoma versus Alabama. Who are you rooting for? Oh, Oklahoma. Yeah, me too. Tyler. You know, the best part about that is he wasn't even happy with that performance. If you listen to that guy talk, you would have thought they just oh. lost that game. He was pissed and he he became first in the Heisman race after week one. I, I like this kid. I, I, you know, even when he was at Alabama, I kind of always liked him. He handled himself with class. I'm not a Sooner fan, but there's a little bit of respect there. I don't hate him as much as Derek does, but yeah, yeah, Jalen Hurts, uh, story of week one in college football to me. All right, last call to me. And this is something that we don't get to do very often, but I do want to make an effort to do this. And I want to do my last call like, towards Husker Volleyball. Uh, they're number two in the standings right now, number two in the coaches. Uh, they got wins over Creighton and uh, a sweep over UCLA. Uh, this is going to be a great team to watch, guys. Great team to watch. So uh, keep an eye out for them. I know they've, they've been a little bit lost in all the, uh, the white noise with Husker football, but Husker Volleyball is back again. Tyler. Yeah, um, kudos to them. I wish I could have watched a little bit of the game, uh, but I haven't got a chance to check them out. But, I mean, the fact that they go 2-0, and and Lexi Sun uh, led the team with 12 kills. Capri Davis had nine, and Megan Miller had four aces. So, um, overall, pretty astounding performance against UCLA. 
Great homework there, Tyler. T- Derek. I did no homework, but go Big Red. Go girls. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I root for him, but I don't watch him a lot into the playoffs. And that's bad on me. I know it. But I'm so football focused right now, it's hard to really pay attention to anything else. I'm not even paying attention to the Cubs very much right now. So that tells good you thing. where my mind's at. Good thing because uh, they're, they're looking at the Cardinals' ass right now. You might as well pucker up because you ain't catching us. Oh, hey, we got six games against you guys left. We can catch you. All right, guys, or let's any, get or out any, of here. Or any St. Louis, because you ain't winning on the road. Oh, hey, special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for our episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and now BigHeadsMedia.com. And don't be afraid to give us feedback. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week as we recap Colorado and preview Northern Illinois. And as always, go Big Red. Yeah.